This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, May 15, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 8 through 17 and 25 through 27. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Last week we talked about the Feast of the Ascension, where we remembered that Jesus ascended into heaven carrying with him our basic human nature, so that now the the Godhead, the Trinity, has both a human and a divine nature. Um, And he didn't, and it isn't just some of the human and divine nature, it is all of divine nature and all of human nature is now encompassed in God. And he promised that he would send us away in which we could share in that eternal life of God. He promised that he would send the Holy Spirit, an advocate. And as it says in today's gospel, it says, we'll teach you everything. That isn't actually the translation. The translation is, we'll lead you into all truth, which is a distinction that's important because it's also in John that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when he says he'll lead you into all truth, he'll lead you into everything that is Jesus and help you to know what it is that Jesus wants you to do as your Lord, and how to do that. And so today we come to Pentecost, where we celebrate that giving of the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the birthday of the church. I always thought that was a little corny myself, but um, I don't know why that would particularly would be the birthday of the church. Seems to me like um, you could pick a number of different events that might do that. But, um, but if you make it just a birthday, it's kind of like an anniversary, just celebration of, oh, let's have a cake, and you know, Everybody will remember that we're old. Um, But that's really not what it's about. In fact, what it says is that they were still gathered in the upper room where they'd been gathering while he was visiting with them, but they still had the doors locked because they were still afraid they were going to be arrested and tried and killed. And so what they did was to um, hide up there and stay out of sight. And suddenly the Holy Spirit descended upon them, it says, as tongues of fire. I don't know if you've ever seen any movies about fires or you know, fire departments and things, but in buildings as they get hotter and hotter and as the flame moves, it travels across beams and there is um, oil in the beams that some kind is, is basically pulled out by the heat and as it does it, it falls and it drips so that the flames fall down as little tongues of fire. In that and and so to this day we still remember that thing and the main way we do that is that's why bishops wear funny hats um, is their miter as they call it a pointy hat is meant to signify uh, tongues of fire um, as their uh, office being representatives of the first apostles who went out but more importantly it didn't singe their hair or anything it wasn't that kind of fire it was the kind of fire that flamed in their hearts and drove them out of the locked room and out into the middle of the street. And they were so ecstatic and excited that they were telling everybody about what God had done in Jesus Christ, how he'd raised him from the dead. And some of the people there thought, well, this is, these people were really excited about this. Other people said, they're obviously drunk. I always love Peter's explanation. He goes, men, these, these men are not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. He obviously didn't go to some of the fraternities I hung out with in college, I can tell you that. But, um, but if you're Jewish, you probably could say that. But the, you know, he, he said, they're not drunk. They're proclaiming the good news. And, and it said that everyone heard in their own language, be they Parthians or Medes, 
you know, speaking Persian, if they were Romans who spoke Latin or Egyptians who spoke uh, Egyptian or Greek speaking uh, Koine Greek, you know, uh, you know, they spoke all these different languages, but they all heard in their own language. Now, a lot of people want to talk about Pentecost as being when people first started speaking in tongues, which is an ecstatic utterance, um, which does exist, but they weren't doing that. Um, but they were speaking actual languages that people heard, or at least that's the way that people heard it. And it, what it really signifies to us, because some people, you know, what you can imagine what this is, say, can you believe it? They're, they're doing that in Latin. And the guy standing next to me said, no, no, they're not. That's in Greek. And so I said, you're crazy. That's Hebrew. And somebody said, no, that's Persian. And eventually they all figure out that, wait a minute, we understand what they're saying in our head in our own language. It's a reversal, the first sign of the kingdom of God breaking in of the Tower of Babel. Remember the Tower of Babel? Um, the people wanted to build a tower that would reach up into heaven to where God was. And so God confused their languages so that they couldn't understand each other. And now suddenly um, they're speaking and everybody understands. Tells you a little bit about what heaven's going to be like. It won't matter what language anybody spoke because whatever language they're speaking, you'll understand it automatically in the language you know. You know, it'll be simple. Um, I always thought of it as sort of being the first example of the universal translator that's in Star Trek. Um, or the babblefish that's in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you remember that. Uh, so, but, you know, it's, it's that automatic translation. But what it really signifies is this breaking in of the kingdom of God. It's a sign of what heaven is going to be like, where people truly can understand one another. And so, you know, as they go out, people begin to come to Christ and believe in Him as Savior and Lord because of these wondrous acts. And it comes down to us now, almost 2,000 years later, to receive the same thing. And, and we're promised that we receive that same spirit that the disciples received in our baptisms. Now in baptism, the Holy Spirit comes and, and rests in our hearts and bonds to our human spirit so that we begin to share in the very nature of Christ. Remember, Christ has two natures. He's fully divine and fully human. Well, we're born fully human, but with the baptism, with the gift of the Spirit, we are now both fully divine and fully human. We share in the eternal nature of God uh, because of that. And the question for us is, which one is running the show? Is the Holy Spirit running your life? Or is your human spirit running your life? Because it makes all the difference in the world. You know, one of the problems we have in the church is that too many people seem to think that getting baptized and getting the Holy Spirit is like getting your ticket punched, and you just show up at the pearly gates and St. Peter lets you in, that's all there is to it. But that wouldn't make much sense, would it? If it didn't really change your life any? How's that leading you into all truth? And that doesn't lead you into anything. No, to be led into all truth, you have to nurture the spirit and the bond that is between the spirit and your human spirit, the Holy Spirit and your human spirit. You have to be able to make that grow and become stronger and stronger so that you listen more and more to the spirit that leads you into Christ and less and less to the human desires that draw you away from Christ. Now, let's not say that all human 